Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So we've got a new consumer report that just came out. And this is going to completely blow you away. I can say with 100% confidence, it is officially stiff drink time. <laughs> That's for sure. And the reason I say this is devastating for Biden is because if we see consumer confidence continue to go down and down and down and down and down and down and down, and this almost always is an indicator of recession, the probability of him being reelected is very, very low. So let's go into this report right now, check it out, and then we're going to get some anecdotal evidence from Josh, his friends, and what he's seeing with Kenny McElroy and his employees. And I'd like to remind you, Kenny has well over 100 employees, maybe even 200 employees. So It's actually about 300. 300, sorry. So we've got a lot of boots on the ground intel as well. Let's head over to Yahoo first and foremost. U.S. consumer price confidence retreated in February. That's an understatement. <laughs> wow, yeah, retreated. Uh, that That's uh, putting it mildly. So confidence, uh, here we go. New York, February 27th, 2024. The Confidence Board Consumer Confidence Index, which, by the way, if you remember, or if the name Conference Board sounds familiar, that's because they also publish the LEI, which is the Leading Economic Indicator Index, which has been extremely negative, in fact, in recession territory for many months. I've talked about that on several videos. But getting back to this report from Yahoo!, uh, let's see here. The Consumer Confidence Index fell in February to 106.7 down from the revised 110 in January. February's decline in the index occurred after three consecutive months of gains. So you say, okay, great gains. But then they say, oh, but actually, however, as January was revised downward, seems like this is the exact same game that they're playing with the unemployment rate or the unemployment uh, data, the jobs numbers. So January was rise downward from the preliminary reading of 114.8. So we go from 114.8 down to 110. That's the actual real number they're saying now. And we've gone down even further in February to 106.7. So they say now the data suggests there was not a material breakout in upside and confidence in the start of 2024. So mainstream narrative is, oh my gosh, the consumer's doing great. Look at this. They're so positive and they see the glass half full and therefore we can completely forget about a recession. It's not going to happen because look at how positive the consumer is about the economy and everything else that's going on in their life. And then now we see, well, whoa, wait a minute. Actually, we've got to revise that down. And that was pretty much fake news. So the expectations index, and what they do is they have a lot of these survey questions that we're going to get into in just a moment, but they use this to create these indices. And one of them, above and beyond the consumer confidence index we were talking about before, is this expectation this expectations index, excuse me, based on the consumer short-term outlook for incomes, business, and labor market conditions. So it kind of hones in on specific topics. This slipped to 79.8, down from the revised 81.5 in January. Again, a number revised. Jeez. 
how many of these downward revisions are we going to have here before we just start crying wolf <laughs> or or it's like the it's like crying wolf here my goodness you got to get to the point where you just don't believe anything you you see anymore on the upside anyway getting back to this an expectations index reading below 7 below 80 often signals recession ahead and just a reminder now it's down to 79.8 but who knows what they'll revise this down to i mean next month they could revise this down to 75 i mean it, it seems like the only numbers or the only revisions are on the downside like i can't remember seeing a revision with the unemployment data or any of this that wasn't oh sorry this is way better than we thought <laughs> always the opposite, which leads you to kind of put on the tinfoil hat. So here's a quote from Dana Peterson, chief economist at the conference board, the decline in consumer confidence in February interrupted a three month rise reflecting. Okay. But she's not even taking into consideration the revisions. She says the drop in confidence was broad based affecting all income groups, except households earning less than $15,000 and those earning more than 125000 which makes a lot of sense because if you look at where the job openings are, they're all at Starbucks, cafes, restaurants, bars, etc., where the demand for labor is high, but that's the income group that's likely making less than $15,000 a year. And for those making $125,000 a year, they most likely have a stock portfolio that includes the S&P 500, which said another way, includes NVIDIA. And they're just patting themselves on the back, telling, the, telling themselves that they're a genius and that they're going to get rich. So they're feeling fantastic, where everyone in between is like, I don't know how I'm going to put food on the table. The confidence deteriorated for consumers under the age of 35, which again, makes a lot of sense. And those 55 and over whereas it improved slightly for 35 to 54. Peterson added February's write-in responses revealed that while overall inflation remained the main preoccupation of consumers, they are now a bit less concerned about food and gas prices, which have eased in recent months, but they're more concerned about labor situation and the political environment. But I think if we had a pie chart, it would be like 90% labor market, maybe 10% political. That's just my opinion. So assessments of the present situation weakened in February as consumers view both business conditions. So now they get even more specific in their survey. So it's not just overall, uh, you know, labor market. Now it's business conditions and employment situation. And this also became less favorable. Furthermore, consumers assessment of their personal financial situation also weakened. Consumers expectations for the next six months deteriorated in February, driven by renewed pessimism regarding future business and labor market uh, conditions. So they're asking, what's it like now? What do you think it's going to be like in the future? Also pessimistic. Uh, consumers were a bit less optimistic about their family financial situation over the next six months. And here we go. Meanwhile, consumers remained upbeat about stock prices over the next year. And this leads you to kind of scratch your head and say, wait a minute, the I thought the stock market was supposed to be a reflection of the economy. Hmm. So if the economy is getting a lot worse, but the stock market is getting a lot better, you would see you you'd think that has that has to mean revert somehow. <laughs> 
Getting back to the survey, present situation, 21.2% of consumers said business conditions were good, down slightly. Okay. So only 21%. 17% said they're just outright bad, and that's up. So the amount of consumers are saying things are good going down. The amount of businesses that say that things are bad, that's going up. So the amount of consumers that said that jobs were plentiful, that's down. And the amount of consumers that said that jobs were hard to get, that's up. So Josh, let's get into some of the, this is the hard data that we're seeing from the conference board, but you were just telling me a story because you're in Kenny's office right now and you've been working with Kenny for probably what the last uh, two or three months, something like that. So you're talking to a lot of his 300 employees and a lot of them are, I think under 34, aren't they? Uh, it's a big mix. The people in the office, I mean, it, it's all over the place for ages, but people are, I hear them talking throughout the office and how they're concerned about their job safety and right. usually using their friends as an example that their friends can't find any job if they're younger, literally no job, unless you're a waitress or working at a coffee shop, but there's no real significant opportunity. And just thinking about my friends back home, everyone that's graduated from college is just screwed. They have all these student well, loans. What are they telling you though? Because you're, you're hearing this from Kenny's employees uh, and, and they have a job, but they're saying all of their friends that they talk to, it's just almost impossible for them to find anything other than just driving Uber, Uber or making coffee. And then you're hearing something similar, I think, from your, your buddies back in Boston, correct? Yeah, yeah, the exact same thing. Uh, it, it's gotten progressively worse over the past few months, too, uh, very quickly. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Have any of them talked about AI specifically? Uh, one of my buddies, he works, or he did some sort of contract arbitraging with the big tech companies. They would post these job boards. And then what he would do is he would accept all of them and outsource those jobs to a team that he had in Albania. And for the past few years, he was making a lot of money. He was doing super well for himself because there was just unlimited jobs that they were posting. And he would just accept all of them for 30, 40 bucks an hour. And he would pay someone in Albania 10 bucks an hour to do them. But over the past two months, he said, there's no job boards available. There's no, none of these. Oh, there's companies. no job listings on the job yeah. board. And he was working with like Dell technology and, and these like really big companies, but they're cutting all over their freelance work, which would make sense. If your profits are starting to go down, you would just make your employees do it. You know, what's funny is I'll bet you those companies brag about how they only hire American workers, right? Yeah. Like Dell and Google and all these companies that well, look, we're, we're hiring all American workers and they don't even realize that that guy's subbing it out to, to, to Albanians. <laughs> oh, geez. Isn't that crazy? But yeah, so we we're hearing this or we're seeing this not on the data, but we're seeing this. We've got anecdotal stories all over the place. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options, Jason Hartman, real estate, and Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks, 
and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. This is just really juicy. You guys are going to love this. I wanted to go over to the Wall Street Journal because when you start seeing things like this, you almost know that karma is going to come back and bite this person, just like it bit Ben Bernanke when he said that subprime is contained. And it's like the market has a way of punishing hubris. Let's look at the Wall Street Journal and see what the Fed is saying now. Look at this. Fed, oh, come on. There we go. The Fed governor, oh, no, no, no. They changed the title. You know what? I th- I'm not going to say they saw my tweet, but let's go over to my tweet because I actually did a screen, shot, a screen capture of uh, what they had this morning. So here you go. The Fed contrarian who saw the soft landing coming. So they're already taking a victory lap until they change the title. They're already taking this victory lap saying, oh, well, you see, there was nothing to worry about. The the Fed's a genius. They came and saved the day. We don't have to worry about a recession. We don't have to worry about an economic depression. We don't even have to worry about a downturn. Look, we can officially say that we have achieved the soft landing and we're off to the races. While at the same time, as you guys know from watching my video yesterday, their own indicator is screaming hard landing within the next six months. And I'm talking about the near-term forward spread. This is not my indicator. This is the Federal Reserve's own indicator. And from what they say, the most powerful indicator they have as far as predicting a recession. It's still massively inverted. While at the same time, they're coming out and saying, see, look, We told you so. We solved all the problems. There's nothing to worry about. We can officially say that the recession has been canceled. And of course, what I said in my tweet is that you don't typically see this type of on the right side of history. And how ironic is it that when the Fed is taking this victory lap, we see the consumer confidence reports start to go straight down. But I also want to point out you know, something that we discussed in a video last week as well, which is AI job losses and how I, th- I think this is really a, a black swan. You know, it's interesting when we first started talking about AI maybe a year ago, I did a video on this that I thought, oh, maybe this is one of the black swans that we could see or that we should be considering. And maybe this is kind of being priced in right now to the yield curve from the standpoint of its impact on the job market. Now, longer term, I think this is definitely a net positive because even if it puts a lot of people out of work right now, the fact is that we're going to be able to exceed or have increasing productivity, which is going to benefit society at large. But it's just like when you displace all the farmers, uh, you go through a period there where it's it's very, very difficult. There's no question about it. And when you look at this uh, recent story from Let's see, December of 2023, so a couple months ago, from CNBC, recent data shows AI job losses are rising, but the numbers don't tell the full story. So key talking points, more than one-third 
of business leaders say AI replaced workers in 2023. That's in 2023. And that's before they just had this new product come out. I'm talking about uh, OpenAI, where you can literally just type in whatever you want and it makes a video of it. I mean, think about how many jobs that is going to destroy. You think about, and it's all like white collar. It's just the the edi- editing, the video production, the uh, the lawyers, uh, the radiologists, um, you know, the copywriters. All of these jobs are most likely gone or are going to be reduced dramatically. You might have, you might need to keep a couple people in there just to tell the AI what to do, just to give it prompts. But I mean, that's about it. The question, it's not even really a matter of if, it's just really a matter of when. And then you got to ask, okay, if this happens sooner than later, or it starts to impact the market sooner than later, how does this, you know, where do the workers go? And if we don't already have UBI, then what does that do to the economy that's based on aggregate demand? There's a lot of these questions that I think people need to to ask themselves and really try to think through. But setting AI aside, what we see in the actual data, what we see with the boots on the ground intel is that people are finding it harder and harder and harder to actually get a job or a, a white collar job and a job that pays enough to put food on the table. And uh, usually that is a sign that the economy is getting worse and heading into a recession. And this is happening right at the time when the Fed is taking a victory lap, which is exactly what you would expect. They always come out. They're always on the wrong side of history, whether it's the subprime is contained or inflation is transitory. Now, one last thing that I'd like to point out, which, I mean, it's hilarious because these cartoons like the, let me switch up the screen share. You guys are going to get a kick out of this. These cartoons really predict so many things like uh, South Park and The Simpsons. But I I think this is perfect based on what we're talking about, the, the fundamental changes that we're seeing right now in the labor market and who this actually benefits. And unfortunately, all these people went to college to get their degree to be a lawyer or a pharmacist or you know whatever it is. And at the end of the day, the only people that you're really going to need or the people that will be making the most money likely are the people that actually have jobs where you have to show up face to face. You know, that's another thing that Josh was talking to Kenny about is he said, look, all these people and all these workers that want to work from home, be careful what you wish for, because they're going to be the first, the first people to go. Why is that? You say, oh, George, we're more efficient. We're, we're more productive and all these uh, maybe, but what you don't understand is it boils down to a human relationship. And I know this from being an employer for many, many years, it's a lot easier to hire or to fire people that you don't know. And if you work from home every single day, I likely don't know you as well as the people in the office. And just having that emotional connection with the people means that their job security is going to be a lot higher than that person that's just loving life, you know, working from home in their slippers, pajamas, and just with their golden retriever on their lap. So something to think about. But getting back to South Park here, check this out. This is the episode where all of the white collar workers can't do anything that they actually need like a plumber. And therefore the plumber turns into like a a billionaire. (laughs) Check this out. 
Hey, excuse me. You're a handyman, right? Can I get you to come look at my oven door? I can trade you services. I have geology skills. Could you come fix my door and I'll give you some geology? Hey, why don't you guys get out of here? You're making the Home Depot look all cheaty. <laughs> so there you go. I think that's the direction that we're going as predicted by South Park in this case. It's like uh, Jim Rogers was saying way back like 10 years ago that the people that are going to get rich that are going to be driving the Lamborghinis are going to be the blue-collar workers, the farmers. And the people working on Wall Street, the people with these white-collar jobs, they're the ones that right now are in uh, are really in some hot water. So, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. And if you want to participate in this week or this Friday's webinar, we're going to be talking about natural gas. We're going to be talking about the two-year. I just had a conversation with Macro Alf where we were talking about how to set up a portfolio, the smart way to set up a portfolio if you believe we're going to have a recession or if you believe we could have a stock market crash due to all the insanity that we are seeing right now around AI and NVIDIA more specifically. Is AI the future? Absolutely. Does that mean that we're not in a stock market bubble? No. <laughs> Those things can happen simultaneously, just like we saw during the dot-com bubble of 1999 and 2000. So if you want to check that out, you can go to georgegammon.com forward slash pro, and we'll see you in the next video.